Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast, this is GH2 Podcast, and I'm back, and we are in our brand new series, Taught Lessons and Bought Lessons. Now, the series is going to be a little bit different. It's going to go a little bit different than some of the other pods have gone, so I hope you enjoy them as we go ahead and get started. So today's taught lesson, um, and this one is actually a tricky one. This was a taught lesson and a bought lesson. So before we get started, I just want to make one dis- one uh, disclosure. I just want to say that, uh, you know, to all those who listen to this, I just want to let you all know uh, I do not condone child abuse in any way, shape or form. And, you know, your parenting skills is all on you, however you choose to parent your children. All right, let's go ahead and get to the pot. So, Taught Lessons and Bought Lessons, of course, is the series. But this episode is titled, You Get Woe Out Where You Show Out. All right, so here we go. So, uh, if, if you must know, my mother, Dorothea Hardy, she was the matriarch of... Uh, of my family uh, after the passing of my grandmother. But uh, my mother, she definitely was uh, a very <laughs> uh, interesting woman. Uh, she would have a lot of different sayings and a lot of different things. You know, one of her big things was always that how she was going to show you better than she could tell you in reference to everything. So with my siblings, I used to you know, there was definitely a taught lesson, bought lesson thing from a standpoint of with my siblings where they would do different things and I would know why, how that I was not going to follow up with them. Like I wasn't going to do what they did. Right. Because at a very young age, I learned that my mother did not really care about my well-being. And and I know I say that and everybody's going to be like, what? Like, no, really, this woman didn't care about my well-being. And I say that from a standpoint of this, my mother would, on, on several occasions, she would show us through different things that we did, how she just really just didn't give a damn. And she was going to make sure that we acquiesced to whatever it is she asked us or told us to do. Case in point, uh, me and my brother shared a bedroom together, um, we shared a bedroom together and I remember my mother, she was, uh, she was strategic at times, but sometimes she would just definitely wear you out wherever, wherever it was at. Like she ain't care. Like she, she had no coof at times. So my brother, this time he got in trouble at school and we were living in South Carolina and I was younger. I was way younger. Uh, and uh, I just remember my brother coming in the house and my mom being like, go ahead and take yourself upstairs and just take a bath. Like, just kind of like she was just done with him, you know, just real dismissive. And, you know, as a kid, you're like, damn, she's upset. She just want me to take a bath and go to bed. She just totally done with me. So I remember my brother coming in the room and I already done bathed and everything. We done ate and everything. And um, I'm in the room and I just remember just kind of looking at him. 
And he just kind of looked like he was confused. Like, you know, he was ready. He was ready as soon as he walked in the house for my mama to be with the shits. That's why I just kind of felt like, you know what I mean? I kind of felt like he was prepared for her to just be on his ass the moment he came to the house. She didn't do that. She didn't do it at all. So what she ended up doing was she was just like, okay, you know, he comes in the house. He goes, you know, she talks to him for a second. My dad is in the bedroom, pays him no mind. My brother comes up, gets undressed, goes in, takes, takes a, takes a shower. So during this time I'm in the bed and, um, actually I turned the light off cause it was my bedtime. That lets you know how old I was. I was like real young. Cause this was like eight o'clock, eight, eight thirty, and it going on nine o'clock or something like that. So I'm in the bed lights off and I hear my mom come upstairs and I hear her go into the room, but I, I don't, you know, you, you hear your mom going to the room, but you don't really know what's going on. My brother, I hear the water turn off. My brother gets out. And then upon him getting out, <laughs> upon him getting out, he comes into the bedroom. So he turns the light on and he's drying off. And my mom busts through the damn door like a ninja. And just pr proceeds to beat the black off of my brother's ass with extension cord. Now, um, th that that lesson that was a taught lesson. The taught lesson was: you embarrassed me. You cut up, cut up, cut up in school. This is what you're going to get. Now, this was a taught lesson for me, but this was a bought lesson for my brother. Now, as you're going to probably notice on if, you know, you listen to this podcast, my big brother is, uh, he was definitely a wild card when I was younger. Like he would do stuff knowing he's going to get in trouble and there would be not a care in the world. But this let me know at a very young age that my mother did not care. You just not going to embarrass her. And at the end of the day, she's going to wear your butt out if you cut up. So here it goes. We, um, me and my mom's relationship was very, um, different. Like we were very, um, close. Um, you know, uh, when I used to get out of school, and uh, kindergarten, you know, you, you would be at school, you know, like half day. My mom come pick me up. I'll be at the house with my mom. We watch Perry Mason. We watch Matlock. Uh, she makes me some blue box macaroni and cheese, cuts me up some treat. Not spam. We, we had treat, you know, you feel me? Fried treat. So she would, she would make that for me. Um, and then we would hang out at the house until everybody else came home. And then she would have to go to work and different stuff like that. So me and my mom used to always have also these moments where we would, I would go with her when she went to run errands and I would always be the one that she would like, you know, we would go to slide to Burger King together. We would go to, uh, we would go to Kmart back when Kmart had the little deli and the little Caesars and all that type stuff in there. Or we'll pull up to, um, we'll pull up to Ryan's 
we'll pull up to Ryan's cause and, and we would um we, you know we would go get something to eat before you know just by ourselves right so a lot of times I would I was spoiled like you know like my mom you know would always you know and I and I think my brothers and sisters like my sister will tell you my older sister Tracy will tell you to this day I, I'm low key might have been the favorite. Ain't nobody that was the favorite. You know, I, I ain't going to tell them directly. I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. But so we would always just be doing stuff like my mom would always let me do different things. Well, on one occasion. We were leaving Goose Creek. We were leaving Goose Creek, South Carolina, and we were supposed to be heading to my grandmother's house. And um, I was hungry before we left the house. And I was like, hey, mom, can I get something to eat before we leave? She said, no. We need to go. We need to get over to um, we need to get over to Mama House. That's what we used to call my. That's what she used to call my grandmother. She called her Mama. So we were like, we need to go over to uh, Mama House. I was like, okay. And then she was just like, we'll stop and get some Burger King along the way. Now I, I don't I don't know if y'all really. This is Burger King. This is like Burger King. Have it your way. Like this is Burger King. Burger King. This is. This is 1992-ish, you know, like when Burger King was Burger King. 92, 91, you know, house party. They said we could stop, have a bite, we're going to Burger King. Come on, man. You know, everybody understand how big Burger King was at that point in time. If you was living during that time, you know, and if your pops ain't popped you out yet, you don't understand. But for those of y'all who was around, y'all know Burger King was the shh. All right, so check this out. So my mother had a Buick Skylark, four-door white sedan remember it like it was yesterday burgundy inside um so we get in the car i'm sitting directly behind her we're in the car and we're driving um and we're we leave out and we ride past one burger king and i'm like mom you know there's burger king right there we could have stopped right there because then i could have ate it and then you know be ready to get the trash out the car when we get to granny house she's like no i'm gonna stop at another one so I'm like, okay. So we drive a little further, right? We're driving a little bit further. We're on the highway now at this point. And I see the, you know, you see the road signs. It says this exit and it tells you what all there is. So it's a Burger King sign. I'm like, hey, mom, it's a Burger King. No, I'm not stopping there. So at this point, I'm confused because, you know, Georgie Porgy get what he want. Georgie get what he want. Like, come on now. Even at even at a very young age, my ego was, you know, I talked about myself like that. So we bypass a third Burger King. And my mom, and I say something to my mom again, and she goes, we not stopping at no damn Burger King. Now leave me alone. And I said, under my breath, you're a liar. And I don't know what the hell. I swear I said it under my breath. She said, what did you say? And repeating myself just made me feel very bold. And I kicked the back of her car seat several times, yelling that she was a liar. Now, mind you, I was seven, eight years old around this time. So, um... Seven, probably seven. It was definitely more so seven. So I was making a conscious effort to get my ass beat at this point in time. 
by kicking the back of my mother's seat. So my mother proceeds to yell and cuss and she decides to pull her car over on the interstate. And she pulls over, puts the car in park. My mother had on white shorts, um, a white top, and some all-white pro kids. Y'all remember pro kids? Them little skippies, like little just thin-ass shoe. But she pulls over on the side of the road. Opens up my door and proceeds to beat my ass with a pro kid to the point where I felt it all over my body. And she didn't like kind of beat me. Like she whooped my ass. Like she, she might even have threw a couple punches in there too because I was a little bit heavier kid. And she worked out all her frustrations. So we get to, so, so she gets done whooping me. Gets back in the car. And uh, we're driving to my grandma's house. And it's in silence. Like, there's nothing that I'm going to talk about for the foreseeable future of this drive. Because this woman has just literally beat the dog shit out of me. So, in that moment, I understood one thing. My mother is a little touched. She's a little off. And she does not care that much about my well-being. And if I am willing to cut up, I have to understand that this woman is willing and able to get me together. The reason why I say this was a taught lesson and a bought lesson was because I paid something for this lesson i paid an ass i paid an ass for this lesson and i think sometimes you have to be prepared to understand that now of course i could have understood that you know the way she manhandled my brother i should have been prepared but sometimes you just don't really know you know you really just don't know that you know your parents ain't going to play with you. And mostly if you got one of them parents who's, who's always trying to like put you on game. And like for my mom, when it came down to, uh, to different things, she just didn't play when it came to that. So the, the next time that I had to learn about you get woe out when you show out was with my father. Now, my father's a little bit different. Uh, and I don't know if it's because he's an Aquarius, but he's a little different. Um, so my father, uh, military man, uh, 25 plus years in the military, in the U S Navy, uh, been around, you know, been around the world, all that other good stuff. And he you know, my dad, he was very just, you know, when he said something, he really meant it. And he wanted you to to follow to a T. So one of my things that my father used to do with us is 
we would we would uh come home from school no better yet let's start with saturdays our saturdays and this is as eight nine ten year olds our saturdays would start with all four of us um even my brothers and sisters who are at this point they're 18 they're 19 they're you know but they're still in the house we would have to start our Saturdays by cleaning the whole house and not just cleaning the whole house. Like we're wiping baseboards. We're pulling out appliances, wiping behind appliances. Uh, we are, um, we are, um, you know, we are, uh, straightening up the bed, checking the sheets. Uh, he did the old school inspection He's white gloving, white gloving, you know, your ledges and your and, you know, different things like that. But he would do that every Saturday. During the week, during the week, what he would do is when you came home from school. You had to you had to do your home, you had to do homework for at least two hours. Now, that would seem like a pretty reasonable thing. But he, this Negro would have us do that on Fridays, too. That's how I knew my dad was a little touched. But that's neither here nor there. So this is what happened. This is how I learned this man believes in you. You get woe out when you show out. Because he did it with me and he did it with my brother. But when he did it with me, that's one thing. My brother's another thing. But we're going to get into it. So on the day that... Um, the day in question, I had an awesome day, third grade, third grade, Miss Prince's class. I remember Miss Prince. She's my favorite teacher of all time. Secondly to Miss Warner, fourth grade, but that's neither here nor there. The fact that I still remember these women let you know how great they were. Anyways, Miss Prince, Miss class with Miss Prince went great. I finished all my work in class. I'm like, yes, I have no homework to do. So I come home and we still had the two hour study time. So with my dad, it would be like, you know, if you don't have any homework, you'd have to go study something, read something, you know, different things like that. Right. Well, this is what happens with me. So I'm I'm reading my uh, my dad used to buy me these things called uh, sports finals or something like that. It was a book. And then you would get in the mail these sheets which it have an athlete on it and on the back of it, it have their personal bio plus all of their stats and different th awards and accolades that they've won. So you would get all that in the mail. You would get all of that in the mail. And then upon you getting that in the mail, you didn't add it to your binder that you already had. So of course I'm really into this, but two hours of this not going to happen. So uh, I, I call myself working on uh, math. I was just like, okay, yeah, I'll just do some math, you know, because uh, at this point, I'm, I, my first hour, I did my little book. I finished my little book up. It's straightened up. I put my new ones in. It's, it's all clean and tidy. The next hour comes and I feel this sleep monster sitting on my damn neck. And you know that sleep monster when you're sitting there and you just laying down and well you're not laying down you're sitting down at a desk the desk is hard the ac's on you're bored 
you can hear the TV on because because you, your parents got the TV on and stuff, and you're sitting here supposed to be doing math work for no reason. So, <laughs> so I nod off. I hear my de- I hear my door like a little bit right. And I turn and I look and I don't see anybody, but it, but it's looking like it's just moving back and forth very subtly, but it's moving back towards closed. And I'm like, okay, oof, come on, get it together. 45 more minutes to go. At this point, I'm tired. And in hindsight, I probably should have stood my butt up, but I didn't think about it. So what ends up happening is um, I, I go back, I'm doing the work. And my head like does that yo-yo thing where you like bobbing, your head's bobbing because you're tired, but I still have the pen in my hand. I hear something again. I turn. I don't I don't I don't see anybody. The door's not even rocking this time. It's it's just maybe I'm tripping, you know? Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm you know, maybe I'm crazy, right? Oh, gosh. So I go back doing the work again. 32 more minutes. I fall asleep. And I had to be asleep for a little while because I got a good drool going. And then all I hear is. I done told your motherfucking ass not to be sleep. You want to sit there and bullshit with me? My dad comes in with a whole fucking slipper. What type of slipper this Negro decided to beat me with, I don't remember. Because all I just remembered was, this Negro is trying to kill me. When I say my dad was beating my ass like he was Pootie Tang, I mean it. This nigga, this was child abuse. And he's talking the whole time. And, and, and you know, if you've gotten your ass whooped by a black parent, you know that when they start losing breath, that just lets you know that, you know, it's winding down. But this Negro did not lose breath for a good little while. Like, he was beating my ass, talking to me with a very firm cadence for a good little while. And um, upon finishing up beating me, he tells me, you're not coming out this room. You're going to stay in here and you're going to keep studying. Which made no sense because I thought the ass whooping should have alleviated me to finish the studying because you literally just beat me for another 10 minutes. I only got like 12, 13 minutes left. Like, w- like why you want to torture me like this? And so he leaves out. He goes to his room. I cry. You know, I cry in my room because at this point... You know, this Negro done beat the bricks off of me. So I'm just like, what the world? Like, I I don't want to do no work. But it taught me a very good lesson with my father. It let me know that with him, he is so principled. He's willing to go above and beyond. Excuse me. Now, this is another thing you got to know. My father beat me once. That was it. They let me know everything I need to know about this man. And I did not care to be taught that lesson again or to purchase that lesson. All right. Here's another thing about my mother. 
after she beat me on the side of that road, she never had to beat me again. You know why? Because I understood that she's willing to dab out her principles when she when she says what she says. And she really means that. Right. Now. Just as a bonus ad. Well, my father. I had to learn and I learned from watching my brother. My my brother one night. My brother one night comes home and um, he's been in out the streets. He comes home. He has some dice. I am watching uh, WCW. And this is before Nitro and, and this is before Nitro. So this is like WCW, like Tuesday night or something like that. And that's when back when they still had a blue ring with the yellow WCW in the middle of the ring. So this is old school. But we were in Florida, so this had to be like 92, 93 or whatever. Um, no, no, this had to be like 94 because we were definitely, this is like 93, 94 because we were on Blythe Court South. Shout out to everybody, Jacksonville, Florida. Old Sandalwood. So we are, so my brother comes in the house, he got his dice bow, you know, and he's just like practicing, getting a couple rolls in. My dad comes in the kitchen because, um, he was going to the refrigerator to get a beer. Me and my brother are sitting in the dining room. I'm watching the TV in the dining room. And my brother's just kind of like idly talking to me while he's practicing shooting some dice. My dad goes, hey, hey, man, what you doing with them fucking dice? And my brother was like, oh, you know, nothing. Da, da, da. He gives him some bullshit ass answer, right? So <laughs> my dad goes, you don't need to have them dice around my motherfucking son. Backstory, my big brother is not my father's biological son, but he did adopt my brother. So he shouldn't have said that shit. So um, he should have said your little brother. But um, so my brother kind of makes a, a quip of response, keeps throwing the dice. So my dad walks over. Dad walks over and he goes, look here, man. And then, like, it starts a thing. And while he's still sitting down with the dice, he throws the dice again against the thing. And then it popped off. World War Three happens. My brother, my brother and my father, they fight. Now, my dad's principle, I got it, is, you know, this is my house that I would do. So him and my brother are fighting. Now, to say my father is winning this fight, let's just say my father is taking advantage of the fact that he has grown man strength. And, you know, my father's in the military, so, you know, he's gotten to a few few Dolly Brooks, a few fights before in his life. Needless to say, my mother hears the commotion. And my mother comes and jumps in. And it's like, hey, get off my son. Don't be, don't be hitting my son. Don't be hitting my baby or something like that to that effect in reference to my brother. And then it proceeds to look like both of them just beat my daddy ass. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. He might have a totally different viewpoint, but to my eight to nine year old eyes, he got his ass whooped on that day. Um, my sister Tracy, God bless her. She calls the police. 
allegedly, or maybe the next door neighbors. I think it was her, but I don't want to get into that. Snitching ass Tracy. I don't want to get into that. So, uh, so the cops are called, the cops come, they arrest my father, my mother, and my brother, and they leave us in the care of my sister, Tracy. Well, at this point, they graduated high school, so she was capable, more than capable. And <laughs> my father gets out of jail first. <laughs> my mother gets out of jail later than my father. Because I don't think he bailed her out. And then my brother gets out and subsequently is homeless. Because <laughs> my dad is not rocking with him. And my uh, my brother used to, my sister Tracy used to unlock the shed. So, and there was a mattress in the shed so my brother could sleep in the shed because of because of everything between my father and him. But that's what I learned. Like, you know, I really started to learn and become a little bit more observant of the taught lessons and bought lessons, you know, unbeknownst to me. I told you I learned this a little bit more in 2017, but I started to understand on how quick I take and process information and put it to use for myself. So I'm always willing to gather and take new information so that I can make better educated decisions. But, you know, what I learned about my mother and father from a very young age and then just watching them was, you know, they were principled about the things they wanted to be principled about, but not principled about everything. They weren't principled about money management. They weren't principled about, um, you know, their relationship or relationships or different things like that. And that's how I learned. And, you know, and I pulled some negative from it, but then I also tried to attempt it. And at this point, after getting healing and considerably working on myself over these years, I've gotten a lot better. So you get wore out when you show out. That's just a simple thing that I want people to really understand in this era of social media and different things like that is you have to always watch and understand when people give you a warning shot, just believe them. Like it ain't about, you know, even from the thought from my parents, I, t- I took that that thought process from a standpoint of even when I dealt with people and people in the streets would say something to me or people at school would say something to me. I'm going to take you at I'm going to take you at your word. And I'm, you know what I mean? Because if if me fighting that battle with you ain't worth it, it just ain't worth it. There's no point in me always trying to to impose whatever it is I got going on on you. And from a standpoint of being with my parents and learning from them, I just really understood that there's a lot of people in this world who move like them. So you got to be prepared to understand that they, you might get woe out for dealing with them. But taught lessons, bought lessons, you get woe out when you show out. I totally hope y'all, y'all were entertained. I hope you were amused. I hope you, um, Understand that these life experiences have shaped me, formed me, and allowed me to take from these different situations 
and grow to be the person that I am. I hope that you can take from these situations and um, learn a little bit and kind of start looking at your own life and start thinking about the taught lessons and bought lessons that you've experienced. All right. With that being said, it's been a wonderful episode of GH2 Podcast. I appreciate you. Um, I thank y'all. Have yourself a great one. Bye.